Sports is the one thing this guy is truly passionate about. So passionate that sometimes we just have to put this sports nut on a leash. I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm screaming and yelling from a football fan standpoint. I mean, as a Chiefs fan and as a follower of the Chiefs and as somebody that talks about the Chiefs on this radio show, I loved it. I loved seeing Bill O'Brien, you know, go brain dead and, and, and look stupid. It didn't matter. But as an overall, just overall fan that watches the game, it made no sense to me. I mean, you cannot do this. And it's the playoffs. You're playing for all the marbles, dude. Okay? Uh, playoffs? You're playing for the right to, you know, go to the Super Bowl, but before that, to play for the AFC Championship game, oh, which, by the way, you could have hosted. Just saying. I'm just ju- just saying, bro, because he was right there. But you decide to kick the field goal. Yeah, that's right. Okay, moving on from that. It's Radioactive Sports with Justin Pemberton. Now the host himself, Justin Pemberton. Hello and welcome everyone to another edition of the Radioactive Sports Podcast Special. And of course, I am Justin Parenton, the host of this podcast special. Back here once again, here on this uh, cloudy, eh, you know, fall-like Thursday. Um, of course, we got a lot to talk about on, on this special edition of this podcast. Um, a lot of news coming on about uh, Livion Bell, uh, the free agent, uh, former All-Pro, Pro Bowl, <clears throat> Pro Bowl, if I can talk now, easy for me to say on this Thursday. Pro Bowl running back, of course, formerly with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, as we all have come to know. But uh, most recently, he was a New York Jet. He was released early this week, and um, I think it was Lana Purdue. I think we knew that was never a good fit um, for Le'Veon Bell and the Jets, just because the Jets are a dumpster fire of a franchise. And, their ownership is so uh, out of whack, and the, the the history of the Jets really isn't that special. Um, but um, I'm not gonna. This isn't the New York Jets podcast. Um, last time I checked, this is more supposed to be local, and we're gonna talk local here today. We're gonna talk about the Chiefs and their chances of uh, getting Le'Veon Bell. As um, news has come out here just very recently, probably in the last uh, hour or so. Um, I will uh, share that uh, most uh, latest news on Le'Veon Bell and if he's going to sign with the Chiefs or he's going to sign with someone else. It's come down to three teams and I will share the latest. Um, I'll, I'll share a tweet uh, from, I believe, Jeremy Fowler of uh, ESPN. Uh, we'll talk about my thoughts if the Chiefs do sign with Le'Veon Bell, how that looks, how it could work out, and at the same time how it doesn't it doesn't quite make any sense but hey i mean if they're if they're gonna do it i mean go for it i mean i'm all for it i've been a fan of Livion bell i'm not a fan of his personality but i have loved his play on the field but we'll talk about Livion bell here to kick things off i was i was when i when i was kind of getting ready to do this here today 
and I was thinking about it last night as well, just thinking about what, what I was going to talk about here today. I, I, I really wanted to start out with the Chiefs-Raiders game from this past Sunday because um, I really wanted to sink my teeth into that. But, of course, the whole Le'Veon Bell news has been going on here in the last maybe less than the last 24 hours at least, or maybe more than 24 hours really, the last couple of days. Um, so I thought, why not just start with the most outbreaking news involving the Chiefs, and that being Le'Veon Bell. So we'll talk about that here coming up. We'll talk Chiefs Raiders in the second segment. We'll talk about the uh, most recent uh, NFL head coaching firings, which those would be uh, Dan Quinn of the Atlanta Falcons, and then going back to last week, uh, Bill O'Brien. And I really want to talk about Bill O'Brien. But I I will have a little something to say about uh, Dan Quinn as well. And, of course, uh, uh, is it Dimitrov, the uh, GM of the Falcons, also got fired at the same time. Dimitrov? I, I, I don't, don't quote me on his last name. I'm, I'm just trying to kind of get a little bit of a guess on uh, the GM's last name for the Falcons. But he also got canned as well, along with uh, Dan Quinn. But I'm going to mostly, I'll, I'll probably mostly focus on Dan Quinn, the head coach, because it's going to be based on head coach firings and of course uh we i i wouldn't be surprised that the next one that goes is adam gase of the uh, new york jets but uh, we'll talk about uh dan quinn and bill o'brien especially bill o'brien coming up in third then fourth segment is just going to be kind of a mixture of maybe nba finals and uh, baseball playoffs um, and maybe a little college football. We'll, 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 we'll see. But uh, I'm going to really mostly focus on three segments here today. And it's going to be NFL jam-packed. So let's not waste any time. Let's get going. And just thanks for tuning in to this podcast special. Whether you're uh, checking it out through the SoundCloud on my Facebook page. Of course, that's, that's where it's going to go. You're, you're going to get the SoundCloud link. Uh, if you uh, check on it on my Facebook timeline, that's where it's going to be here later today. Um, of course, if you follow me on Twitter, you can go to my Twitter handle. It'll be there. Uh, you can go to SoundCloud.com. Uh, just type in or search for Radioactive Sports. You can also find the Radioactive Sports Facebook page. Search it on Facebook. Um, then, of course, it'll be on iTunes as well. So just a lot of uh, different, a uh, lot of different areas to be able to listen to this podcast special. And let me just say, you know, for, for on record, uh, if you're curious about, you know, how this affects my overall show that I, I normally do on ESP in Kansas City, these do not count because I'm not doing them over air. Like they're not literally going on fifteen ten. In 94.5 FM, like that normally does on Saturday mornings, like they have in the past. Uh, and you talk about, you talk about unfortunate luck. I mean, how about you get all the way to your 200th show? That's right, 200th show. And then a few days later, you get told, hey, your show is being put on hold due to coronavirus. That's what happened to me. So, yeah. And then, of course, I went months without doing anything. 
And, of course, I've done three. This is the fourth podcast special I've done here so far since I've gotten back to doing it. Okay, let, let's really, let, let's jump into uh, what we're going to talk about here today. Let's not waste any more time on poor, poor me. Um, <laughs> if you're just tuning in, once again, I'm Justin Parenton. This is uh, the Radio Active Sports Podcast Special. Um, get ready to talk some Chiefs football. We're going to do the, for the first two segments to talk about nothing but Chiefs. But we're going to first talk about Le'Veon Bell, who is in the news. Of course, he is a free agent uh, after being released by the New York Jets a few days ago. And for good for good reasons, because um, it just wasn't working between those two. The Jets are a dumpster fire of a, a franchise, as I probably said here just a few minutes ago, to kick things off. Um, but I'm just, I'm just trying to, I'm really trying to let this all sink in. And just trying to think how this would work if the Chiefs signed Bell. It is a good fit because he adds more depth to the position, which is needed because, I mean, look, at, at this point, Daryl Williams, we'll start with Daryl Williams. He's just a journeyman type of running back. This is nothing nothing bad to say about him. I mean, he, he won a Super Bowl with the Chiefs last year. He's got a ring. He was a contributor to the team and still is. But he doesn't see the bulk of carries because he just doesn't have the kind of running style that a Damian Williams has or, in this case, Le'Veon Bell. And then, of course, you know, the talented rookie in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He's not those guys, so... You take him out of the picture there, that's one less running back. You add Bell, that provides a third running back, more depth. And, of course, there's Darwin Thompson, who's more of a special teams kind of guy, so he's kind of out of the mix in my mind. Plus, he had the fumble in the Baltimore game, and it just, it's to me, I think I'm done ever seeing Thompson carry the ball. Uh, I know Edwards Hilaire is a small guy. I know there's been a lot of small dudes that have been running backs in the past, and they've been able to carry the ball. But, see, when you don't get a whole lot of uh, carries and a whole lot of action, you tend to um, you tend to have a little bit of a slip-up. And that's what happened to Darwin Thompson in the Baltimore game. And I, I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm done seeing him carrying the ball, so he's out of the equation. Um, then they, they, they just recently signed, uh, is it Deon, DeAndre Washington? Uh, who was teammates with Mahomes in college at uh, Texas Tech. Um, they, they signed him back. But see, I don't know much about him, so I think he's out of the picture. So it's really just down to three guys. Because I know they're still going to use Darrell Williams. I know they're still going to use him. But really two guys, um, if you really look at it. So... But Le'Veon Bell provides really nice depth at that position. And that's really the only main reason why I would sign him if I was Brett if I was Brett Veach. That's the only logical reason why I would sign Le'Veon Bell. Um, look, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, I think down the road, is going to be the man. 
This is not going to be a long-term marriage between the Chiefs and Le'Veon Bell. This is just going to be... It's going to be a... Um, let's think about this. I think the Le'Veon Bell signing for the Chiefs, if he does end up deciding to go with the Chiefs and sign with Kansas City, this is like what the Royals did. This is like a, a, a uh, Ben Zobrist or a Johnny Cueto type of signing. The Royals just needed, you know, some really good pitching, and they needed a clutch hitter to go in their lineup, and that's what they got. Well, the Chiefs maybe need some extra uh, fire, some extra. They need an extra boost in the running back position, which honestly I don't agree with. I don't think they do because there are bigger needs for this team. If you're not aware, the offensive line it has been atrocious. It was atrocious in the Raiders' loss, which we'll get to here in the next segment. Um, the secondary is depleted. It's banged up. You can look at uh, possibly adding a corner. Um, there are just bigger needs in my mind other than running back. But I'm all for this because, again, for more depth at that position. Not necessarily because they really need him and that he's going to be all of a sudden the guy. Um, I, I it, Actually, it may be another good, um, there may be another good logical reason behind this and that's uh, you know, maybe Edwards Hilaire can learn some more and maybe Le'Veon Bell can just step in for the remainder of this year be looked at as the guy and then Edwards Hilaire can, you know, just learn some more and, you know, gather some more informa information on how to be a running back in the National Football League and then take, really, really take off next year and all of a sudden become the guy for the Chiefs. Um, but other than that, this really makes no sense, and here's why. Here's why now it makes no sense to sign Le'Veon Bell. And this is what I've been... I mean, I, I've, I've, I've been trying to preach this to a lot of my friends. I, I've, I've said this over social media. Um, I've, I mean, I've, I've been saying this last couple of days. So here's why now, why I think signing Le'Veon Bell makes no sense. And that is simply because if the offensive line, who has been struggling a lot of times this year, and they definitely struggled in the last game against the Raiders, which, again, we'll, we'll get to that in the second segment, talking Chiefs-Raiders game from last Sunday at Arrowhead Stadium. But they mightily struggled against the Raiders, and they have struggled this year to run block. And so if the Chiefs' O-line isn't able to open up holes for one Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, what makes you think all of a sudden it's going to change with the addition of Le'Veon Bell? I mean, seriously. I mean, these kind of problems, they, they, they don't just go away overnight. Okay? This is a patched up O-line. This is not your... This was not supposed to be the opening day O-line. I mean, you were supposed to have uh, LDT who decided to opt out for COVID-19 reasons, which, hey, I mean, I respect him for that. And he's a doctor. 
he's going to protect himself and he's going to he, he wants to protect he wants to help other people hey that's a much better cause than just sticking to football and being i i'd say if he would have just stuck to football he he would have been selfish i think he's being he's just being what a good person is and he's wanting to help others help them save their lives and also save his own life from COVID. So all the respect and all the praise to uh, Laurent Dubé-Tardif for opting out. So he's out of the mix. And then um, Lucas, is it, yeah, Lucas Niane, um, is it, yeah, is it, is it Lucas? I think it's Lucas. I don't know why I'm starting to get mixed up. Who, who was the who was the former star at Iowa State played George? Okay, okay, it is Lucas Niang because the the former Iowa State basketball player George is Niang. That that's <laughs> okay. So um, I'm I'm not I'm not getting them mixed up here. Okay, so Lucas Niang, a uh, was he a um, third or fourth round selection out of TCU, but. Huge guy. He was. I. I, I think he. You. You were not going to pencil him in as the uh, opening day starter at at um, at guard. Um, or was he, is he? Is he a tackle? I think he might be a tackle. One of the two, you know, positions: guard, tackle. So he was be more of more of a guy that was going to learn at first, but then could step in. But maybe he could have been a starter, you know, opening days. But he's out because he opted out for COVID-19 reasons. So, again, I mean, he's, he's trying to think of his own life. He's trying to think of it for himself and, you know, trying to help him his own self out. So, I mean, that's that's good. Um, but this is a patched up O-line that just hasn't gotten going yet. And... I just don't see how this can work. I mean, I, I just I, I I don't mean to be the Grinch here, or I don't mean to be the downer and be negative. I mean, I was just being positive here a few minutes ago. I was giving you the positive, but now I'm giving you the reality and the negative on this whole situation of why it wouldn't work. And I just that, that, that's what I think. I, I I really personally think that. Um, if you can't protect or you can't open up running lanes for Edwards Hilaire, who is a stud, he's a stud, okay? I mean, there's no other words to describe Edwards Hilaire other than he's a stud. But if you can't do that, what makes you think all of a sudden? I mean, again, I know I just said it, but again, I mean, seriously, for any of you that are going to be listening to this, really, just ask yourself this question: as a Chiefs fan or a football fan, I mean, it doesn't. You don't have to be a Chiefs fan to ask yourself this question because this can go for any team, for any team. I mean, if your personal team right now is struggling. You know, from an offensive line standpoint, and you got a stud running back that can't find any running lanes, and then all of a sudden you're in for another running back. What makes you think it's gonna it's gonna change? 
Now, I mean, here is another, here's another, uh, I guess another uh, thing to talk about. And it was probably, I mean, okay. So looking at the year so far, this is probably the worst game the Chiefs had from an offensive line standpoint. In the rest of the games, they've been okay. Bad at times, but able to get it together and probably do just enough until last Sunday when they just completely fell apart and were just never, they were never in it. I mean, the O-line just got, they got worked over. They got pushed. And again, we'll talk more about it here in the next segment, which we'll get to here very shortly. I mean, they can obviously get better after one game. They, they, I, I expect them to get better because they couldn't be any worse than what they were. So, I mean, adding Bell, it, it could work. I mean, I'm, I'm not here to say that it's going to be a dumpster fire Signing and it's going to be all not worth it. It's going to end up, you know, biting the Chiefs in the rear end at the, at the end of the day. And, oh, it's going to be one of the worst moves that Brett Beach ever made in his career. Oh, Brett Beach will be an idiot. He'll be looked at as an idiot. No, I'm not saying that at all. So do, do not put me into that category. Do not do not throw me under the bus, you know, for... For all oh, you're saying that Brett Beach is an idiot. Oh, you're, you're saying this will not work. No. I'm just giving you the meat and the potatoes of why it could work and why it may not. Why it makes sense and why it doesn't make sense. Okay? Because I'm honestly, I'm in the middle. I'm 50-50 on this signing of Livion Bell. I'm 50-50. I just don't know which one to go to. Am I, am I all for? I mean, I, I'm all for it, but am I really on the side of it's really going to pay off and he's going to bounce back? Or am I, am I on the side of you know? I mean, I'll just I'll wrap it up and I'll, and I'll say that I am. I mean, I'm all in. I mean, if they sign him, good. I mean, I'm. I'll be happy as can be that they sign him I just hope it doesn't go wrong I hope the you know, line gets better and that's where I'm mostly concerned and especially you know heading into the next game facing an angry Bills team that's that just got clobbered on Tuesday night against the Titans I mean that that's that that's that's a daunting task here coming up for the Chiefs and I mean, we'll we'll see. I mean, I I, I need to look at here if there's any latest news on Livion Bell. Oh, and I was okay, and I I said I was going to share what I just recently have seen on Twitter. This was back on at uh, nine oh eight here early this morning. So we're 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 way over an hour past uh, when this came out. This is from Jeremy Fowler. On ESPN, this is from at J Fowler ESPN on Twitter, saying Livion Bell currently plans to sign with one of three teams per source. 
Dolphins, Chiefs, Bills. Barring change, Bell will decide among three teams as early as today. Steelers reunion unlikely at this point. So, yes, Steelers fans, if you are hoping for a return for your old, your old lucky boy Bell, it's not going to happen. So, once again, I'll, I'll read this again if you didn't catch this. This is once again from Jeremy Fowler, NFL insider for ESPN. Uh, his Twitter handle at jfowlerespn. Le'Veon Bell currently plans to sign with one of three teams per source: Dolphins, Chiefs, Bills. Barring change, Bell will decide among three teams as early as today. Steelers reunion unlikely at this point. So you heard it there. So Chiefs, Dolphins, Bills. And let's really look at this from this standpoint. Who's the better team? It's the Chiefs because they won a Super Bowl. Bills have two really good running backs and Singletary. Then they got, they got this rookie, Zach Moss from Utah, who can be really good on his own at some point and become a starter possibly. Um, Dolphins have got Breida, who's been around. He's a veteran who played for the 49ers as much as, as uh, recently as last year maybe. I think it was last year he was a 49er. Oh, that's right. He, and he got hurt. He had, he's had a couple of bad um, bad injuries the last couple of years, which has kept him from being a pretty productive running back. Or am I thinking of McKinnon? It's, people, so many running backs get hurt. I, I, I lose track on who gets, who, who's been out. And there's so many guys get hurt. And oh, speaking of, I do want to talk about Dak Prescott. So we're, we're, we're going to do that in the fourth segment instead of uh, baseball playoffs. So it's going to be all NFL podcast today. I'm just now, now I'm just thinking about it because, gosh darn it, I felt so bad. And I still feel bad for Dak Prescott, but we'll, we'll get to him in the fourth. Uh, wow, I just now caught myself on that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, the most likely scenario is... The Chiefs. I mean, sure. I mean, he, Bell would definitely make improvements for both teams, the Bills and Dolphins. I'm talking about, but the the better scenario is the Chiefs, just because they are the team most likely to repeat as AFC champions and go back to the Super Bowl. Dolphins, Bills, Bills are the bigger, are the more likely team between those two to make a deep run in the playoffs. Not Miami, not yet. I don't even see the Dolphins being a playoff team this year, so do you really want to waste your last few months on a non-playoff contender in Miami? And then do you really want to sign with a team that you may not quite make it all the way when you could go on to a team that has already proven itself to make a deep playoff run and has won a championship already and is um, on the mission to going back and running it back this year in the Chiefs. And if I was living on Bell, I would pick Kansas City. I would pick the Chiefs. So let me just real quick, I, I, just, I just read off the most recent news of what I've seen. Uh, let's see if there's any um, further I'm not seeing any other 
latest uh, headlines on Le'Veon Bell. Let's see. What, let's let's check Twitter real quick. See if there's anything else. Um, it's looking like there's nothing else. There's nothing new. So I think we're just gonna have to just wait and see on what happens with Le'Veon Bell. But um, let's do take a break here because I'm I'm again I'm not seeing anything. Uh, hopefully, maybe the next. Uh, you know, 20 plus minutes. Hopefully there'll be something new on Livion Bell. But uh, that is the latest, and those are my thoughts on the possibilities of why it would work and why it wouldn't work. And um, let, let's just see what happens. But uh, if, if he does become a Chief, and then sweet. If he doesn't, then, well, the Chiefs are going to use what they have. And um, they'll still be fine because they're the Chiefs. Well, yes, let's do take the first break on this podcast special on this Thursday edition. And when we come right back, we'll stick with the Chiefs. We'll talk about that ugly loss. Okay, not, uh, well, no, 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 no. I, I think I phrased it correctly. It is, it was ugly. We'll talk about that ugly 40-32 to 32 loss to the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. My thoughts on that. Coming up next, this is the Radio Active Sports Podcast Special, a Thursday edition, and I'm Justin Parenton. Do not go anywhere. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Radioactive Sports with Justin Pemberton. Bob Sutton's got to go. I mean, I'm I'm just I'm going to stick with that theory. I mean, Brett why Beach, was someone pressuring you to not stick with that theory? No, <laughs> no. Has there been massive no, I'm just, pushback? Well, did no. Curtis actually get up and no. create a poster board and protest you for? There what was you, a save Bob yeah. Sutton. Yes. Save Bob Sutton. Was that? Yeah, I was so scared. Tonight at ten, the pro Bob Sutton crowd takes over the plaza. <laughs> we'll interview some of those people. Oh, jeez. Escaped lunatics. <laughs> <laughs> Both of them have taken over the plaza with their protest. I, I, Bob I don't know, no, man. But I think it's Mahomes, man. He's the problem. Don't touch that dial. Radioactive Sports with Justin Pemberton will be right back. Get radioactive with Justin Pemberton. Do I have to go all Stephen A? <laughs> and that's all you did? That's all you did? Oh, Dave! I don't know! This is Radioactive Sports with Justin Pemberton. That's all you did? Oh, damn! I don't know! All right, welcome back, everybody, to yet again Thursday edition of the Radioactive Sports Podcast as we're getting ready to... We're going to stick with football, but we're going to talk more Chiefs here as the Chiefs, yes, are coming off their first loss of the 2020 season, losing to now the Las Vegas Raiders. That's still going to take some time for me to get used to saying that instead of Oakland or even Los Angeles Raiders. Um, That's this, their third different um, location. Of course, they've had they had two stints in Oakland, one stint in Los in Los Angeles. Um, or actually, did they have two stints in LA? No, they they just had they had one stint in Los Angeles, two stints in Oakland, um, and then of course now they're Las Vegas. So 
Let, let's just get right down to it. Um, the Chiefs were just not. I don't. I don't know if they were not ready, or they just. They just didn't have the energy. I mean, you could you could be ready to play for a game, but I mean, you gotta have the urgency. You gotta have the desire and the will to win and. I just don't know if this team had it on Sunday because I mean they they got out to a 21 to 21 to 10 lead. I'm thinking, oh, this is gonna be a blowout, and Gruden's gonna be beside himself like usual. We'll finish last in the league in penalties. Then it just all went out the door. I mean, the the balloon popped. I mean, I I. And where, where, who, who gets the blame? Who, who, who was the, who was the, what, what side of the ball was the one to blame the most? I think I'll start with the defense. I mean that that was a pathetic effort by the defense. I didn't really see anyone out there who was willing to tackle anybody. Chris Jones, I mean. It looked like he was pretty content with just loafing around and walking around and not playing. Matthew, that might have been his worst game as a Chief. He didn't do much. I mean, people, this game was so bad. And look, this is not going to be end-all, be-all for the Chiefs. They're not. This is not going to be who they are. They're going to bounce back. So... Calm the blank down if you are listening to this. You're thinking, I'm all of a sudden a, a hater on this team. I'm not. And yes, all teams are going to have stinkers like this. They're going to have bad days. Isn't there an old saying of a song? Mama said there'd be, Mama said there'd be days like this. <laughs> I mean, we, 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 we all know it. And all great teams have a, have a, have a stinker every now and then with, it's just this is a new norm. This is a new territory for for us people in Kansas City. I mean, they're no longer the Chiefs that we were used to seeing the last fifty plus years. The Chiefs are now expected to be. It's every year. It's it's a championship or bust. That that's how. Every year is being looked at now, and when you see performances like this, you're gonna you're gonna come away surprised. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna come away concerned, and especially with how things have been going with all this, with all the rescheduling and the COVID nineteen issues. Um, the Chiefs have got a tough test here coming up here on this uh, this this up, up, upcoming Monday night against the Buffalo Bills at Buffalo. Which, again, the Bills coming off a a rough outing on their own. I mean, at least the Chiefs were in the ball game against the Raiders. The Bills were never in the game against the Titans, so they're going to be looking to make a statement of their own. Um, but the defense, again, um, as I've got the team stats right here, uh, total yards, 490 yards given up by the defense against a Raiders offense that really I I I I guess you could say they're improved. 
But let's 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 just for, for a minute. Let, let's take out whatever the Raiders did right. Because listen, I'm I'm not I'm not gonna buy into everything the Raiders did. And look, I know that's sometimes what we have to do because we're so content with just crapping on our own team and what they did wrong instead of looking at the other side of the coin and maybe give credit to the other team and what they did right. And yes, I mean, at the end of the day, the Raiders wanted it more. I mean, at the end of the day, when you look at the score, when you look at the highlights, when you look at the stats, when you go back and look at everything that went into that game, the Raiders did want it more. They came out with a purpose. They had urgency. They had energy. They wanted it more. But I'm sorry. I mean, this is not a game I expect the Chiefs to lose. And it, it, it's just, it's so, I mean, we're not even a week into after that game, but it's, it's still so weird. It, it, it's, it's odd. Um, I just hope the defense, I hope they get it together. That, that was, that was pathetic. I mean, tackling wasn't all that great. I mean, it looked like the, the secondary was just in La La Land. I mean, they looked like they didn't give a crap at all. I mean, good to see Brashard Breland back. He did pretty well. He had an interception. He, he looked pretty good. But Ward and others out there, they, they, they got torched. And Henry Ruggs, I mean, that dude is a speedman. That dude is... He's he's hack on wheels, man. I mean, that, that guy can fly. So, I mean, okay, the Raiders have some good weapons. And... They're they're just trying to copy the DNA of the Chiefs. I mean, it's it's like think of um, as I think back to Major League Baseball copying what the Royals did was build build a team through a bullpen first, get your bullpen to be the most dominant part of your team, to where if you're up, you know, if you're at least up by two or three runs. At the end of five or six innings, it's over. Well, the Chiefs have built themselves, you know, mainly on offense, where you got a dynamic quarterback, which let's let's put this to bed. Derek Carr is not Patrick Mahomes, so that's still an area in favor of Kansas City when you talk about the two teams at quarterback. But you've got a dynamic running back in in in, in Josh Jacobs. You've got a dynamic tight end and uh and Wallard. Or, or you know, is it Weller or Waller? Um, but he's an animal. You've got a dynamic young receiver in Henry Ruggs, um, and you've got some other decent playmakers. Um, uh, Renfro, Hunter Renfro, the uh, former star at Clemson. You've got him in the mix, and you got others. Um, although Aguilar, that was probably the most embarrassing moment was a journeyman receiver beating up a secondary of the Chiefs. Um, I couldn't understand that at all. But, hey, I mean, it's all about being in position. It's all about communicating. It's all about 
do what you're supposed to do, do your job. And the Chiefs just didn't do their job on defense. And offensively, as we're going to go to that now, um, let's do give the rundown for um, stats of the game. Uh, Mahomes probably his worst outing as a Chief in his professional career. Uh, 22 of 43 for 340, two TDs, and of course his first interception of the season. Derek Carr, um, who looked like an all-pro in the entire game, 22 of 31 for 347, three TDs, and also had an interception. And also, that was his first of the season. Uh, Josh Jacobs, uh, 23 carries for just 77 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Edwards Hilaire, 10 carries for 40 yards. See, that's why... Going back to the last segment, talking about Le'Veon Bell. If Edwards Hilaire, who is a stud on his own, if he can't get holes open up for him to run through, how is it going to work for Le'Veon Bell? See, that's why I brought that up. Because, look, again, 10 carries for 40 yards, that's not going to get it done. That's not going to get it done, people. Uh, receiving Travis Kelsey led the way for uh, eight receptions, 108 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and of course, I just talked about the uh, young stud Henry Ruggs the third, two, oh, two, two receptions for 118 yards and one touchdown. And of course, the one, the the big blow of the game, where he just ran by Ward and everybody. It just, ugh. But I I will give credit to him. He is a, he's a young stud, and he was somebody I wanted the Chiefs to go after. Uh, of course, I wanted the Chiefs actually to go after uh, DK Metcalf of the Seahawks now, but uh, that's that's in the history books. Um, offensively, I thought the play calling was um, mediocre at best. Um, I think for the first time, I'm going to put some blame on Mahomes. I think he had some moments where he made some terrible decisions on his own. Uh, there were a lot of times he had a lot of opening, uh, yeah, opening lanes to, to be able to run through and get a lot of yardage. He just stood there in the pocket, got hit, got killed. But that, again, um, the O-line, I mean, they seemed like they were content with just letting their own QB get killed. No one blocked. I mean, I, I, I didn't see I didn't see one good block all game long. And see, that's why I'm concerned about adding Le'Veon Bell. Is is this O-line going to grow up and grow a pair and man up? And start blocking, and start pushing people. I mean, I, I told I told one of my friends on Messenger, I said Priest Holmes couldn't run behind this O line, and be productive. I mean, of course we, we know why Priest Holmes was great, back in the heyday for the Chiefs, was because he ran behind the greatest O line that ever lived, in NFL history, because you had. Willie Rofe. You had Will Shields, the greatest guard that ever played the game. From my own perspective, he is. 
you had a, a really good center in Casey Whiteman. I mean, I'll, I'll take either him or Grunhard, Tim Grunhard, uh, the uh, center before him, for about 10 years, 1990 to 2000. Um, you had Brian Waters, all pro, pro bowl. And then you had John Tate. I mean, these, the whole five of those guys were just studs. They were studs, man. And it's no wonder why Priest Holmes was great. But crap, you couldn't put Priest Holmes behind this O-line and tell him to be the Priest Holmes that we saw from 2001 to 2005 or 2004, whatever it was, the run he had. You couldn't tell me. You could, Larry Johnson couldn't run behind this O-line. Marcus Allen couldn't. Uh, Mike Garrett, a legend from the 1969 team that won it all. You, no. I'm sorry. I mean, if if, if, if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is having troubles of getting opening lanes currently, how do you expect someone else to be able to do the same thing? That's why I'm so concerned about Le'Veon Bell. That's why I'm concerned about the sign of Le'Veon Bell. Is this this O line again? It could be just one bad game. And looking at the entire year so far, that really has just been one one bad game. But there have been times throughout the entire year where the O line got pushed around, hasn't looked very good. But the other games, they were able to find ways and do just enough. But this last game, people, they got taken to recess by, I believe from what I've heard, statistically the worst defense in the league. That that alone is pathetic. Pathetic. And I, I'm just... Concerned. I'm concerned about the next game. Concerned about Le'Veon Bell. But hey, I mean, again, I'm, I'm all for it, and they will bounce back. I mean, I, I'm not saying that they're going to go eight and eight and the sky's falling. I'm, I'm, a, and Brett Veach ought to have his job, you know, in jeopardy. And Andy Reid, oh, he's become a boob, and oh, we, well, his, his job's on the line. No. I'm, I'm, I am I am nowhere near that status, but it just it, it was it was it was weird to watch, and I mean I didn't watch the remainders of the last minutes of that game for the most part, but I, I eventually did turn it back on. But when Mahomes threw the pick, I was just like, you know what, I'm done, because it just I was I was so frustrated. I was so angry. But, um, again, Chiefs lose last Sunday to the Raiders, first loss of the year. And, hey, you know what? Maybe at the end of the day, it was probably a good thing they lost because they had won 13 in a row going back to last year and, of course, the playoff run and all that. Um, it might have been a good thing because they needed to find out, they needed to know what it was like to lose because they had just been doing nothing but winning. Which hey, we want them to win all the time, but at same time, at same time, you gotta kind of you gotta, you gotta know what it's like to lose a game, in order to kind of get yourself back in order 
and have it be a wake-up call. And I think this was a wake-up call for the Chiefs. And we'll see. Next game, the Chiefs played the Bills. Monday at 4 o'clock, uh, it was moved from tonight. Then it was going to go Sunday. But now it's, it was moved to this upcoming Monday in the late afternoon. 4 o'clock, it'll be on Fox. Um, I don't have a prediction on this game because I, I just don't know what to expect. I, I, I hope the Chiefs bounce back. Um, but it's going to be a daunting task, though, because the Bills are a good team, and the Bills just got clocked uh, on Tuesday by the Titans in Nashville. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. But much more of this uh, podcast special coming up next as we're going to move on. Uh, just quickly talk about some of the head coaching firings in the NFL, Bill O'Brien and um, – and, um, um, Dan Quinn, there we go. <laughs> I don't know why I was just kind of uh, zoomed out there for a minute, not remembering who the other coach was. I got fired, but uh, we'll talk about those two guys just real quick. And then we'll wrap it up talking about my own personal thoughts on the ugly injury to uh, Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott before we wrap it all up. So that's all coming up next. And we actually, you know what? Let, let's just – we're going to throw those, those two things all in one segment. So – when we come back, this will be the last segment of this uh, one for today. So much more of this podcast special coming up next as you're listening to a Thursday edition of the Radioactive Sports Podcast Special. And I am Justin Parrington. Much more after this. You're listening to Radioactive Sports with Justin Pemberton. I'm not going to, so quit asking. Let's get radioactive. More with Radioactive Sports after this. You're listening to Radioactive Sports with Justin Pemberton. This is what Bill O'Brien does. I mean, the guy is an idiot. I mean, he, he really is. Grade A USDA certified idiot. If you look up in the dictionary the, the term idiot, his face will be in there. It's actually just a picture of his butt chin. <laughs> you know who was stocking up on toilet paper for a coronavirus <laughs> was Bill O'Brien's butt chin. Because that thing, I mean, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, gah, gee willy. <laughs> Justin's, Justin's having a laughing attack back oh, there. <laughs> That is definitely a blooper. Whoa. That's a voice clip. Yep. We're clipping that one. Yep. That's, that's, <laughs> that's going bye-bye. This is Radioactive Sports with Justin Pemberton. If you look up in the dictionary the, the term idiot, his face will be in there. It's actually just a picture of his butt chin. everybody welcome back and of course this is once again the radioactive sports podcast special and of course it's a thursday edition of this podcast special and of course i am justin parenting host of this show just tuning in we had just gotten through talking some chiefs in the first uh, couple segments 
We're gonna wrap it up here. Just do a couple more, couple more topics on um, first a couple of uh, head coaching firings that were probably pretty much deserving. Um, and Dan Quinn, uh, Dan Quinn, and uh, uh, Bill O'Brien. But first, I do want to actually give congrats to my LA Lakers for winning their 17th NBA championship. It's so awesome to see the Lakers back on top of the world in the NBA. Um, yes, I'm a Lakers fan. Just for those that do not know that or have never known that about me. Yes, because, of course, KC hasn't had their own pro basketball team in over 30 years, or maybe going into almost maybe 40 years, actually, since the Kings have left Kansas City and they left for Sacramento to become the Sacramento Kings. Uh, but uh, so it's kind of given me the chance to kind of, you know, be a fair-weather NBA fan, but I've mostly have stuck with the Lakers the last 20 almost 20 years pretty much um of course i grew up as a bulls fan growing up because of um, mj pippen and of course it was, it was a space jam but uh hey come on um the bulls were the greatest team in the 90s and they're probably the greatest dynasty of all time even though i'm a lakers fan and lakers have the most history and the most the best history but uh I, I digress, but uh, congrats to uh, LeBron James on another title, becoming the first player to win a title with three different franchises. And, of course, the 17th NBA championship for the Lakers tied with the Boston Celtics for most in NBA history. All right, so let's let's stick with the NFL. Um, first, uh, Bill O'Brien. I mean, good riddance. Good riddance. <laughs> if you heard the intro there, that that was that was that was appropriate because Bill O'Brien. <laughs> uh, that was that was during my two hundred show, uh, show number two hundred. Um, I had uh, one of the guys I know from the radio station, uh, Blake Schneiders, who is a hardworking board operator, and we were we we're. How how do we get to Bill O'Brien? I, I can't remember how we we did that, but just uh, <laughs> oh the butt chin oh that's just oh that's hilarious that's just that's hilarious it's just about as hilarious as him getting fired, which that had to happen because the guy's a colossal boob and. <laughs> You know, I ha I have all the respect in the world for um, for Seren Petro, who is the host of the program on Sports Radio 810 around here in Kansas City. We date from two to six. He's been such a a, a stick up for uh, O'Brien, and I, I honestly, I mean, I I mean, I would love to talk to him about that without. It turned into a fight. I mean, I've, I've had Seren on my show a few times, along with his sidekick uh, Curtis Seabold. Great guys that I've had on my show in the past on ESPN Kansas City when my show had been on on air. Hopefully, it gets back there at some point. I, I'm not so sure, but the point is, I I, I would love to talk to Seren about that just because I I, I, I can't figure out. Why Seren would stick up for him because it just the guy 
have you not seen the moves? He traded away the best player minus Deshaun Watson on that team. Okay, okay. J.J. Watt went healthy. Maybe the best player overall on the Texans. Or he was before Deshaun Watson came into town. But DeAndre Hopkins was a game changer for that offense. You trade him for what? A second round pick and a later pick? And that's all you get? You give up. You don't have... Okay. You don't have a first round or a second round pick in the upcoming draft. You give up your best receiver, Deshaun's favorite target and probably best friend in DeAndre Hopkins. And then, worst of all, you, in the trade, get a... A depleted, beat-up running back in David Johnson. Okay. Um, Let's go back to the playoff game last year against the Chiefs. You call for a fake punt, which backfired. Well, actually, let's 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 just go back to a little bit before that. You're up twenty-one to nothing, and it's like fourth and something or fourth and goal. Maybe fourth and goal. And you're like right there in the red zone. And you've got the greatest chance in the world to really stick it to the Chiefs and really make it really hurt. And possibly make the Chiefs be down 28 to nothing. Instead, you go for the field goal, which make, which ends up making it 24 to nothing. Okay. Then the fake punt. Then it just unraveled from there. How, as owner of the Texans, excuse me, my voice is cracking, do not know why. Okay, again, so after just kind of looking over all those things, including the playoff loss, how in the world, as the owner of the Texans, which I believe is now the son of Bob McNair, who died here a while back, how in the world did you not fire the dude after the playoff game? Or how in the world did you not fire O'Brien for this season when he made the trade for Hopkins? How? Okay, that's not the breaking news I was hoping for. I did just get some breaking news from ESPN, but it's not what I was looking for. It's NBA news. Hmm. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, I'm I'm, I'm kind of I'm, I'm waiting on any latest news on Livion Bell, which I mean I, I hope it happens. I I hope so. Um, okay, we're we're still we're, I'm still seeing it's the same thing. Livion Bell reportedly choosing between Chiefs, Bills, Dolphins. Okay, we already know that because I already talked about it. Um, How in the world do you not fire O'Brien either after that playoff game or before the season after he traded Hopkins to the Cardinals? Why? I just, I don't understand this, people. I don't understand it. I mean, how 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 did Bill O'Brien get all the credit to survive that long? 
I mean, I honestly, I don't, I don't know which area he was worse at. Was he worse as a GM or worse as a head coach? Because he was pretty bad at both areas. I mean, the guy just had, he had it coming. The guy's a clown. He's a clown. And he's probably well on his way to another circus convention. I mean, I just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. The guy finishes with a, uh, is it a record of uh, 52 and 48, I believe. Um, let's, uh, let's, let's check that real quick here. Bill, oh, Bill O'Brien. Um, let's see here. Um, going into Wikipedia here. Uh, 52 and 48, yes. Two and four in the playoffs. And then of course he uh, had won four AFC South titles in five years. Which, I mean, okay. I mean, you've won your division for the most part. I mean, big deal. Because the AFC South is a joke of a division. So are you really winning anything special when it comes to that? Not really. Not really. I mean, that's not the ultimate goal. And if that was seriously the ultimate goal, you got a problem. You you got a serious problem with yourself if you thought the ultimate goal is to win, win our division every year. It's never anything more special than that. <laughs> Which, okay, I'm probably exaggerating over that, and I'm probably completely off off rail on, on that one because I'm pretty sure that was not the ultimate goal. I'm, I'm sure he, won, he wanted to bring a championship to Houston. I know, but it just... The guy just didn't have it. He, he, it wasn't gonna work. It wasn't gonna work. It just, it, finally, but it was really overdue, and it was definitely overdue for the Falcons as they have finally have fired not only the head coach in Dan Quinn but also um, their GM. Um, I need to get this right, so I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to search this on Google real quick. Falcons uh, fire. Let's do let's do firings. Let's see what what, what I get with that. Um, um, Thomas Dimitrov. Dimit. Demet Demetrov, Dem okay, but they fired the GM. That that's 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 the main that's the main point. And they fired the head coach. It was long overdue, long overdue. And I'm sorry for the, the, all that pausing and stuff there. I was just trying to trying to look up the la the last name of the Falcons GM. I don't like to get names wrong. I like to be, I like to get things right. You know, I don't like to be a person that gets things wrong. So, just doing did a little search in there, but um, no, long overdue. Um, I, 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 I will agree with. Um, was it was it Kevin Keatsman? Was it Kevin Keatsman that said on his podcast here recently that the guy should have been fired after? The, I think it was, yeah. But I, I I heard somewhere someone said that 
Dan Quinn should have been fired after the the big blown lead in the in the, in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. And I agree. Because did you really expect the Falcons to, to ever get back to the Super Bowl after that? No. Not at all. Um, I'm also I'm gonna look up his record as well, Dan Quinn's, but um, no, I mean after that that after that devastating loss, um, I, I I don't see how how in the world that that guy could have taken them back, and they it, it never happened, it never did. Um, Dan Quinn finishes with a forty three and forty two record, so just barely over five hundred, barely just by a game, three and two in the playoffs, and of course. Um, uh, that adds up to a 46 and 44 record, actually, as a head coach with the Falcons, and of course, as he's known for, is that big blown lead in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, 28 to three. Uh, first team in NFL history this year, or in any year, to blow multiple 15 plus leads in a season to start out a season. Um, there was there was a lot of pressure going into this year. Of course, the 0-5 start. Doesn't do any favors, and he's gone. So, um, it both these guys had it coming. They they were the two biggest clowns. I don't know. Adam Gase actually maybe a, a bigger clown than O'Brien and Dan Quinn combined, but uh, he may be the next one to go. Of course, he's the coach of the Jets. Um, I don't know. It it just it's really interesting, but um. um it's, I mean, teams have got to get it right when they when they hire a coach. They just can't, they can't assume they got it right. And the Falcons and the the Texans, the Jets, those are all teams that always assume that they got it right. I mean, the day when the Chiefs hired Andy Reid, they got it right. Okay. I mean, yeah, when, when John Dorsey came on board, yeah. But it was really when, when Brett Veach came on board, that's when we really knew things were about to take off. And, of course, getting Mahomes changed everything. The, the Falcons, the Texans, the Texans have a quarterback of the future. I mean, that's they've, they've got that going for them. Falcons really have nothing going for them. Um, Jets have nothing going for them. They're 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 a hot mess. It just it's it's unbelievable what coaches do, and I I think I've said it before. Uh, it should be a sitcom. There should be a sitcom of just watching coaches doing what they do because it's it's amazing what coaches do sometimes, and what their thinking process is. It's it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable, and it's definitely more unbelievable when they're also titled as a GM. And what they do as well in that department. But let's do wrap this up, though. That's that's it for my thoughts on on those two clowns and that that whole situation in the NFL. Um, I have to end this with one of the worst things I think I've watched uh, watching a football game. That is watching the. Devastating injury to uh, Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott. And folks, I'm pausing and I'm talking like this because 
I know all too well of what it's like to have an injury like that because no, I've never I have never fractured my ankle and that's what Prescott did. But I have torn my ACL in foot playing football in high school. I know what it's like to, to just be laying there and sitting there knowing you're done for not only for the season which my year was wrapping up anyway I, it was the last uh, junior varsity game of the year I was at home and I knew it was over but I knew I knew my football career was over after that just it was it was it was it was devastating and watching Prescott I just the moment the moment I see him just sitting there I'm just the only words that I said probably five straight times was oh no oh no oh no I mean I, I that's that's how I said it oh no I just, I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I, I, I felt absolutely sick to my stomach just watching that all unfold. Um, my, my thoughts and prayers go out to Prescott. I mean, he's been one of the things I've been thinking about since this past Sunday. Um, so unfortunate to see one of the good guys. And I know he had a little bit of a controversy, you know, with contract disputes this offseason with, with the Cowboys. And, I mean, that's nothing new when it comes to the Cowboys because they're, they're, a, they're a poorly dysfunctioned franchise with Jerry Jones. And that, that's, that's on their part. And yeah, Prescott, I think, said he was worth more than what he was getting and all this and that. And I, I trolled him and I, you know, I I wasn't highly on him for, for doing and saying all that. But you know what? That's all that's all gone. And and I, I feel bad for, for criticizing the guy now because I, I do realize he is one of the good guys in, the, in this league. And um, it's never... People, it is never great to see someone get hurt. But it's worse when you see one of the great when when you see one of the good guys in the league get hurt. Just like how bad it was for Alex Smith. And by the way, I, I do have to say this too real quick. Now just thinking about Alex Smith. What a what a story. Um on the day that Alex Smith returns and plays for the first time in six hundred some plus days. He returns, looks really good. Got he got he got beat up a little bit. I mean he he didn't have any gruesome injury like he did last time, but he got sacked a few times, got hit a little bit, um, which is to be expected, especially for that team up in Washington. They don't have any old line up there. Um, but great to see him. But on the on the day he comes back and then Prescott goes down, it just people that that day for me had a whole range of different emotions. I was first mad because the Chiefs lost, 
then I would then seeing Alex Smith made my day, but then watching Prescott, I was crushed. I was crushed, man. I because I again I can relate to the feeling of being down, being hurt, knowing you're done, knowing that you're that you're, you're not going to go out back out there and play. That you got you got a long road ahead of you of recovery. You got to fight your way back. You got to you got to go get yourself back to feeling normal again. And Prescott is he's got a long way to go. He's got a long road back, and I just I know that all too well from an ACL injury. It was a whole a whole year it took me of getting back on my feet. A lot of rehabbing, a lot of a lot of um, I know I lifted weights that winter when I was in high school. I took I took weights class and I lifted weights. I did a lot of squatting. I I, I put a lot of weight on my leg and I, I tried to make sure it was in, in good in good shape. And people, it, it is it is it is a rough 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 time frame to go through in your life when you when you put yourself in harm's way of playing a sport like football and. It just, I I don't know I don't know how else to describe it. It just um, un, un, unbelievable. I was in I was in tears watching Prescott being carted off that field, and you could see the emotions coming from him. I was in tears, man. It it just it it was it was something unbelievable to watch, and. Again, I'm talking like this because, and you could probably maybe you could probably guess that I feel a little emotional just talking about this because it just I I can relate to it. It's it's unbelievable, and uh, I just I, I feel it for the guy. I feel bad. Prayers and thoughts go out to him, still with his family, himself, and um, I I I pray the guy gets back. I hope he plays again. He's a heck of a quarterback. He is one heck of a player. I mean, I, the the whole money dispute and all that. I mean, that's all that's all gone. And um, he's not he's not Mahomes' status, but he is a good player. And I I just hope the best for one Dak Prescott. Okay, so uh, that is all the time we have for today. That is going to do it. Thanks for tuning in to this latest edition of the Radioactive Sports uh, Radioactive Sports Podcast Special. I can talk now. I'm just trying to wrap it up here, and yeah, just no, oh, I need I need a break. So um, I'm going to end this so I can go get a break from my voice. Anyway, I'm Justin Parenton. Thanks for tuning in. Um, Again, I don't know when I'll be back to do another podcast special, but until next time, you have been listening to Radioactive Sports, listening to the Radioactive Sports Podcast Special. Once again, thanks for tuning in. Have a great rest of the day, and we'll see you again next time. So long, everybody. You've been listening to Radioactive Sports with Justin Pemberton. Allie Trost. I, I want to make sure you I... You did it! That, okay. Am, yes. I the, am I the first one to actually get that right? 
Um, on the first try. On, on the first try? You're one of the few. I will say that because. Wow, I feel special. Well, it's hard because in Kansas City, <laughs> you have to consider there's Truth Street. Um, and so a lot of people, even though I only have one O in my last name, will assume that it's Truce. They just imagine that there's a second O um, or I get trossed. But no, it's toast or trost like toast. So you, you <laughs> killed it. You did a great job. Wow, I, I feel <laughs> special now. Bye bye.